Good afternoon and top of the afternoon to you. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, everybody. This is your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. It's Monday. I keep screaming. Don't know why. Because <laughs> it's Monday. I, uh, I'm just trying to test James, see how well he can keep my levels balanced. It's quite a challenge, I'll just say. Is it? Yeah. Good! Anyway... Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today, have we got a show for you? When you think of Matt Townsend, do you think food? No. I, s- I think consequences <laughs> think of food. Family. You think consequences of food. <laughs> oh, my heavens. That was rude. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? You looked right at my gut when you said that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your gut's under the table. He can't see it. My gut is gently placed on top of the table <laughs> <laughs> so as to balance myself in the chair. Hey, uh, today we've got a great show today. Uh, this is a show that I love and I get. And I mean, I don't get everything about it, but I like it, you know. But you know what? I'm going to learn a lot today because... Mm-hmm. I think food is overrated. I mean, I like to eat it. Don't right. get me wrong. I like the energy. But you, like when you buzz. sit down to a meal, so if, does your wife cook then? Yes. Okay. So she slaves away and cooking. You just sit down, gobble it up, and leave. Is that how it goes usually? Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> no, and then, I mean, I'll, we'll sit and I'll eat and we'll talk and banter. Okay. <laughs> but but do I, you don't, in- I don't look at that as a really profound moment in my day. Wow. The, I mean, the eating part. The, the more profound part for me is the talking. See, for me, I, I love to cook it and then, and then sit around and eat. Do you? Yeah. Like you actually derive pleasure. Yes. Having cooked the meal and then enjoying the meal. Mm-hmm. See, to me, I'm thinking, let's then get this meal cleaned up. So we can do something else. So we can go do what, we, right. what else we could do. But see, why that's... You can go for a walk. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Bike ride with the family. Uh, go write a book. Write a book would be great. <laughs> if I could go write a book or end up like we usually are going to a, a watch one of our kids play a sport. Uh, yeah. Or something. Like that. It's not, again, that I don't love food. It's just a means to me to an end. It's not mm-hmm. an end for me. For you, it's like an end. Well, I don't think it's an end. Like, you know, in and of itself. Because I'm always trying to but has, find more recipes. Well, in fact, sure. I came up with my own recipe Yeah, today. but the, the process of having a meal is an, it's a goal of yours. It is an actual yeah, goal true. we strive for. And mine, I don't think of. I just see I'm food trying as to, a way to I try to achieve energy. something. I try. I am always trying to, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm looking for approval from my kids, but I'm always trying to make something that my kids will say, Dad, this is really good. That's great. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to bond with your kids. Yes. And sometimes I cook with my kids. See, so don't get me wrong. I like bonding with my kids. Mm-hmm. Try cooking with them. I would just never do cooking. <laughs> anyway, so that's coming up today. Today we've, we've got some great guests. Katie Kimball is going to be joining us from kitchenstewardship.com. She's going to teach us about food, family, a bunch of tricks that you can use to get your kids uh, eating healthier and just eating, for heaven's sakes, um, if they don't, uh, you know, if they're a little hard to please. Later in the show, we're going to be talking with Julie Nelson. She's going to be talking mm-hmm. to us about the conversations we should be having with our kids while we're having a meal. That's a good idea. Not a great idea? Yeah. And then we're going to talk about food myths, the myths that 
you know, we think are real but aren't real about food. Yep. And we're going to be giving some favorite recipes. Yes. But before we do that, let's get to some of the headlines, Shawnee. That's right. Uh, let's look at what's going on in Florida right now. Uh, many people have heard about this. I've talked to some people. There's a Florida mom who was arrested this week after letting her 7-year-old son walk to the park alone. <sighs> yeah. What a negligent woman. Yeah, exactly. How dare she? Nicole Ganey, yeah. her son Dominic, asked for permission to, to go. It's sure. a 10 to 15 minute walk from their house to the Sportsman's Park. Mom said, yeah, you can go to the park here. Take the cell phone in case something happens. Yeah. You can check. I can call and check on you. Well, now she's facing felony child neglect charges. Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the boy was probably then walking through the most dangerous neighborhood in all of Florida. Well, he was stopped near a public pool, and a lot of people asked him questions, including where your mother is. Where's your mother? And so he got frightened by these people asking him all these questions. He runs off to the park, but the people who were at the pool called the cops. Right. And so the cops pick up the boy at the park. Where's your mom? Where's your mom? He said, well, she's at home. Well, where's your home? So they drove him home, and they proceeded to arrest his mother for child neglect. See, think about what you used to do at age seven. And, of course, the police said there's numerous sex offenders that reside in the vicinity. Oh, wow. I don't know what to think about that because I at know. seven, I'm pretty sure by the age of seven, probably not seven, nine, ten, I was on my roof. Me too. I was mowing my lawn without any parents there probably But a lot 10. of people would say, well, that was a different time then. Really? I don't think it is. Not if you're mature, right? No. I mean, maybe this kid's mm-hmm. more mature than we think. Or well, maybe the, maybe it is too young. But I don't by know what that it year? Is. I mean, what's the when do we know? I don't know. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of people who say no. I can, I I know a lot of people who live around yeah. me. They don't let their kids go on sleepovers. Right. Oh yeah. Because they're afraid. Right. Well, I don't know what's happening to my kid at that time. So it just seems like now we've kind of gone but to the other extreme. Now we're too I've, afraid to let have, our kids. I have live. to agree. With you. I think society has gone to the other extreme, and I and I. And I think it's society's fault, not – Sure. I know the news folks bring out all these stories about pedophiles yeah. and right. and people who are, you know, perpetrating this stuff on kids. There were but, still pedophiles back in our day. Yes, there were. It's just we never it talked It just didn't get it. reported. Yeah. One thing about this, though – so if I get it. If they don't think that that was appropriate, then do we really file felony charges or can right. we not just send DCFS over and let's just mm-hmm. pretty much demand that this woman get some – we don't need jail time for this woman. No. This is a parenting issue. And, exactly. I mean, I get it. A three-year-old walking around. I, I don't understand that. why it's an issue. Well, a yeah. three-year-old, yeah, that's sure. different. Seven, eight, nine. I mean, and plus how old, how mature are these kids? Exactly. Boy, okay. Wow. All right. So let's say you had an accident on the way home. Been okay. There. So you damaged the car. Yeah. And then you hit something else. Yeah. So you have two accidents. Boy. But they're one right after the other. You, you, In you the same day. And you don't stop. You go home. Okay. Or you go to the hospital because you're not feeling well. That was a bad day. Okay, so what do you do the next day? I'd stay in bed. Okay. After that? Would you post it on Facebook? No way. <laughs> no way. Well, you're a little bit different then. Do people – this? so somebody posted their accidents on Facebook. Michael J. Van Wagner of Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Oh, boy. He decided, well, let's take a picture of my car. Oh, boy. And then he captions it, that's the front – that's her front end after I got done with her, L-O-L. There's the picture. Oh, boy. Yeah, That's that, a big... That is a... He hit two... He, he actually... Was that a hit and run? Yes. So then he just basically told he everybody totaled, he had a hit and run. He totals run. the other person's car and then drives on, and then he hits another car totaling that one. 
Was he under and the he, influence? That's what they're they're investigating. There's no right now. We don't know yet. Oh boy! But that's and so and then he posts this on Facebook. Um, the strangest thing about this, though, uh, in the second car was 16 year old Jason McCarthy, who has now died from his injuries. No way! Yes. Yeah. But yet you're posting and laughing about this on Facebook. Messed up. Very much so. That's what we call messed up. Mm-hmm. We need a messed up bumper theme. Because that's, again, does he just not get? Did he not? I guess he didn't know because he didn't stick around. Oh, he said, I just thought I hit something. If you yeah. hit something with your car, stop. Yeah. First of all. Yeah. Stop. See Call. what you hit. Get help. Exactly. That's oh, that, that you, you don't You don't yeah. take off. That's what we call a stupid human trick. Mm, yeah. One of them. We just figured one out. Man. Uh, this one I really like, this little story. Yeah. Canada-based TD Bank, they turned their ATMs in, what to the, in something they call the automatic I saw this. thanking machine. You yes. saw the video? Isn't this cool? It's very, very cool. It's a promotional video. You can see it out there yeah. on YouTube. It's gone viral, more than 3 million views. There's a woman who received airline tickets to Trinidad so she can visit her only daughter who has cancer. Holy cow. How yeah. cool. How another, did they know that? I, they set it up somehow. And I saw another video like this. Yeah. Um, back around Christmas time, people were coming to the airport and, and this airline set up a thing as they checked in. They would stop at this what looked like a computer terminal. It was like a computer Santa. <laughs> is what they called it, and they had a voice, and they they would ask the they would ask the passengers, "What do you want for Christmas?" And they would tell them they would t- they'd say yeah. these different things. When the passengers arrived, I mean, they this airline they, they did something when they arrived at the baggage claim at their arri- at their arrival point. The stuff was on – instead of their baggage coming up, the stuff they asked for for Christmas was going around the carousel. Oh, how cool is that? There was See? there were people who asked for big screen television, and they got it. Oh man! I mean, and it was labeled with their names and everything. So I would have asked for a smart car. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it would have come. But around. this this bank did the same thing. I mean, the lady got two thousand dollars to start a savings plan yeah. for her kids and tickets to take them to Disneyland. I forwarded that to my bank. I called my <laughs> bank and said, "You guys need to get on this because this is exactly." A big deal. What well, a they cool also thing. they also did things like give away twenty dollars bills to other customers and things like that. It's a great story. Okay, so notice your stories. We've got a lot of messed up people. Yes, we do. And yet we got, it just takes one good, one good thing. One positive can erase so many negatives, folks. Hey, on the rest of the show, well done, Sean. Thank Thank you. you. Rest of the show today, we're going to be talking about your family and food. How to make sure that uh, we're healthy, we're strong, both just in our nutrient, but also in our connection to our family. Up next will be our guest, uh, Katie Kimball from Kitchen Stewardship. She's going to teach us how to build a family and a strong tradition around our food. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Just eat it. Weird Al Yankovic. Is it Weird Al Yankovic? Vich. Yankovic. Vic. Yeah. His dad used to be in a polka band. Did he? Yeah. Well, I That's can, why he I, learned how to play accordion. Yeah. He's a toe tapper. He is. I've he, seen him live in concert, actually. Have you really? He is you fabulous really? in concert. Oh, I bet he, he is. He wails on that accordion. I bet. Well, you know, 
which is just a very rare statement. <laughs> yes, it is. Nobody could pound those accordion keys like Weird Al. Well, that's a cool song. Uh, you just got to eat it, right? Eat it. And the problem is sometimes you can't get your kids to eat it. So then what you do is you give them a hamburger because they'll always eat the hamburger or the nugget. I actually have a child whose favorite food is Brussels sprouts. You know what that's a sign of? <laughs> Senility? Yes. She has a mental health issue. She has, a, she lo- she has no. a brain problem. She loves broccoli. Does she really? She loves asparagus. See, and she loves Brussels well. sprouts. You've taught her well. I can't stand asparagus. But how did oh, you no. get her to eat that? Her grandfather. That is cool. Mm-hmm. But I like I like By broccoli way, and I like Brussels sprouts. I used to pretend like I liked thing when my things when my grandpa was there, and I saw so I was lying. I was in denial. And then later, when I was an adult, I'm like, I'm never eating that again. Anyway, uh, Katie Kimball's joining us. Katie Kimball is on a mission to make real food and natural living possible for everyone with some simple baby steps. Uh, she has put together this website and is giving us all of these little tools, simple little tools, to help us. Be healthier and also really take a stewardship for your family's health. Katie um, has a website called kitchenstewardship.com. And on that website, she just teaches us a bunch of ideas. It's a blog, for heaven's sakes. She gets the dialogue going. She has um, a really, I think, uh, powerful, wow, what's the word? Responsibility, she feels, a respect for not only nutrition for her family, but also the environment and making sure we're taking care of the environment as well and a dedication to God as she goes through all of this. We are now going to welcome Katie Kimball onto the show. Katie, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Well, hi. Thanks a lot for having me. Good to have you, Katie. Now talk about how did this all come to be? How did you get the philosophy of like your stewardship? Well, when I first had, when I had my first child nine years ago, I was teaching full-time and um, and, and quickly finished teaching full-time so that I could be a mostly stay-at-home mom. And at, at that point, um, we were on a pretty tight budget. And and I think for a lot of people, having kids makes you really look at what you're feeding those yeah. tiny little bodies. And oh, so yeah. that's, that's where, you know, for me, kind of really thinking about health and nutrition began. And talking with other moms those first few years of my son's life, there was always this this major tension and a lot of stress between how do we choose things that are healthy and within our budget and don't take all of our time, you know, and are eco-friendly. And so those four, trying to keep those four balls in the air was really challenging for people. And as I began to just, you know, learn and work in my own kitchen and and read up on things, I felt like um, be as a teacher, as, you know, a trained educator and just, um, I've always I've always loved sharing ideas and teaching people. When I would be working in my kitchen, I would like be in my head kind of teaching other people what I was doing and what the fastest ways to do this were, the most inexpensive way to to get the healthiest food. Um and so when when my second child was born and I stopped teaching altogether because I had been doing about 6 hours a week, um, we, we looked at our bottom line and I thought, oh, <laughs> I might need to sell Pampered Chef or yeah. do something. And so so all those conversations in my head had kind of formed into this idea for a book. And at that time, people said, you should start a blog to see if you have any audience for your ideas. And yep. my response was, what's a blog? What's a blog? <laughs> so, and but then you've three done months it. later, I was off on this adventure. Yeah. Well, it's a, I think it's a powerful site. Again, that blog is kitchenstewardship.com. 
mother of three, though, soon to be four. Mm-hmm. It just keeps they just keep coming. Um, <laughs> t- talk about I mean, it's interesting how it's it's when you your kids came that you the stewardship I guess kicked in. It felt like that's what kind of when you caught the fire for it. T- talk about uh, you know why you see it so important for our children to um, to kind of get involved, not just in the kitchen, but in I guess in their own care of their own nutrients and 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 just involved in their own healthy eating. Sure, I mean becoming a parent changes your thinking in every aspect of life. Um, and so at first, you're completely responsible for this new little, you know, eight or nine pound person. And you know that everything you put in their body has an exponentially greater impact than what you're putting in an adult body, just because they are so tiny. Um, and so I think it brings a lot of clarity to people and, and people start thinking, okay, I need, I need to figure out what is the best way? Because, I mean, in the nine years that I've been focusing on nutrition the pendulum has swung from eggs are bad to eggs are good yeah. and butter is bad. And now finally people are saying butter is good. And so there comes a point where you have to almost go on faith or, you know, figure out what feels right or what resonates with you. Because if you just do everything that, that the new research says or the media says, you'd be changing your diet every two years so anyway. True, yeah. You know, but there's got to be. We're, we're human beings created by God. God created our world. He gave us this food. So there's got to be some things that are inherently good for us. And so that's kind of what I set out to, to figure out. And so my own philosophy is, you know, it makes, it makes sense to consume things the way God created them. Yeah. Kind of more whole, more natural. Yeah, exactly. So keeping, you know, keeping my foods out of a lab (laughs) before they hit my mouth is is kind of my, my goal there. So farmers that raise animals, eating foods that they were created to be eaten, um, foods that grow in the ground as opposed to being created in plant in, you know, in labs by scientists. So that's the basic philosophy. A lot of people call it a traditional foods philosophy. Um, So even before butter was becoming popular, I was touting butter over margarine. Oh, good. Um, and, And I love my husband over the last year. He'll email me articles and say, you were right again. Right again, babe. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, so How do you get your kids of, bought in? And, and of course, it's important for kids to, you know, understand a little bit about nutrition because they're not going to be kids forever. Mm-hmm. So just and, like, just like in every sphere, it's it's our job to train them to become adults who are capable of, of caring for themselves. And whether that's teaching them to pray as a foundation or teaching them to make their beds. You know, we're teaching them about what we put in our mouths and how it affects our body and, and how that's all connected to the earth and the gifts God has given our family. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's part of, part of the parenting, the massive job of parenting. Oh, parenting 101. If you can get your kids to buy into anything, you know, in a legal, ethical, moral way, <laughs> you're on to something. Talk about, um, I, I know what you like to do, too, is, is to get them actually involved in the kitchen. So, you know, no matter, I guess, what the age or size of the kids, you try to involve them in being involved in the meal, being involved in some of these choices. Give us some examples of how you get children involved. I do try. And try is the key word. I, yeah. I, I don't have like a beautifully flowing household where the children are coming in and making half of the dinner and you know, <laughs> no one is arguing or anything. So right. I don't want yeah. to put out there that, you know, life is perfect at the Kimball house. But... Um, I think I think it is really important to get the kids in the kitchen. And so as early as 18 months or two years, 
little ones will start um, helping to unload the dishwasher and sorting silverware. Um, that's a developmental you know, stage sure. of being able to sort at that age. And so we can apply that to the kitchen. Um, you know, my kids help to set the table. And same thing, as little as two years, they can carry things from the refrigerator to the table. And um, at this point, so I, my kids are nine, six, and three, and then one coming in October. And so the beautiful thing is when I just had one and I could really spend the time and train him well, um, now he is great at helping to train the others. And That's so great. It's, a, it's a good trickle-down system, um, and they all work together. So, you know, the, the easy thing that happens every day is that everyone helps to, to set the table and carry the food in, stuff like that. Um, my 9-year-old is in charge of making ranch dressing and guacamole in our house. Oh, that's great. Um, so they yeah, kind of have so their own he, niche. He, like, he eyes up the seasonings and throws yeah. it in out of his hand. And so that's pretty cool. I He's, think yeah, that's great. A little the boy. condiment king. That's great. Yes. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he can, he can brown beef. And so I, I, I teach different skills at, at different age levels. Um, but I, but I do think it's important, you know, we go to the farmer's market and they come to the farm with me and, and they kind of, I think they are a lot more connected to where their food comes from yeah. than your average American child. Um, I remember seeing a, a classroom of first graders and they didn't even know what a potato or a carrot looked like in its whole form. Wow. Nevertheless, yeah. it grew in the ground. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the freezer up. and get a bag of carrots. Yeah, That's how we think of it. carrots, but yeah. whole carrots. And yeah. shoot, if they have the greens on top, it's even better. Um, and so I think all of that stuff just uh, just connects them to their food, and then you can have conversations about what's healthy and, and what's not healthy. Yeah. Um, and definitely anything that they've chosen whether it's at the farmer's market or the grocery store, and anything that they've helped prepare, there's a much higher percentage chance that you will get one taste or more sure. to pass their stubborn lips. So. Oh, I love that theory. Because I mean, that really is, you know, participation increases the buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking right now with Katie Kimball from the website kitchenstewardship.com. She's teaching us how to, uh, you know, take the food component of our life Use it as a way to educate, to grow, to enable and empower our children to be better, you know, thinkers around their food, healthier, to be more nutritionally focused, more involved. And I'm going to bet I can just already see and increase their self-esteem while we're doing it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Katie Kimball. Food and family, that's the topic today on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Wow. One bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch. That girl. There's Jax, or the uh, Jax. They sound like the Jax. There's the Osmonds. You don't know how many people made that same mistake in the 70s. Well, I was just watching them. And, uh, you <laughs> they know look what? a lot different than the Jaxons, yeah, though. <laughs> Their hair was big, though. It was. They had big hair back then. There's the Osmonds for you. I don't know how that made it as a bumper on the show. I mean, I know it's an apple, but we're talking about one bad apple. We're talking about someone's behavior. Yeah, an apple is food. Anyway, man, you know, it's so hard to build a good team, (laughs) but we're all on the same page. Anyway, uh, a little Osmond for you, a little Osmonds. 
We're back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking to Katie Kimball. She's on the phone with us. Katie uh, runs the blog KitchenStewardship.com. She has published seven e-books to date, and she's covering the spectrum of real food from lunch to dinner, snacks, and even camping. Some of her books include the Healthy Breakfast Book, the Healthy Lunch Box, Better Than a Box, Healthy Snacks to Go. Uh, I don't see anything on there about spam. No spam. What's up with that, Katie? Nothing nothing says home cooking better than a can of spam. Does it? We should talk more off off air, man. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very kitchen. good at the you food. You know how to read ingredients. Yeah. I don't want to know what's in it. I just know <laughs> when you shake it out of the can and it makes that slop sound, that means we're eating. Hey, um, here's the deal, Katie. Teach us some more. Like, Give us some uh, tools, rules, things, routines you use when you are at the dinner table with your kids, do you have any uh, dinner table advice for us? Routines? What? what are, you're also an educator by heart. What do we need to be doing with our children while we're sitting around the table? I do. I mean, I think um, the table is a place is a place to teach, and the table is a place to foster responsibility. Um, so, in our house, and this this may be different than many American households. There's there's one meal. There's not an adult meal and a kid's meal. Yeah, there's that's not, good. I don't like this. So I'm this isn't a restaurant. Right. Exactly. Yeah, there's no short order cooking. Um, and, and we don't even always have bread on hand. So I can't have the rule of if you don't like it, make yourself a PB&J. That's great. You know, we always have a couple options. There's a side. There's some fresh vegetables and a dip. So nobody starves if they don't really pr- like the main course. Um, but we do have some phrases that we use. To, uh, to A, help keep mom's sanity, and, and B, help teach the kids good lessons. Yeah. So they're not supposed to say, I don't like this. They're supposed to say, it's not my favorite. Wow, good. That's, that's actually um, good to teach because that can yeah. come in handy the rest of their life. Exactly. It's yeah. a, really, a really good politeness tool, um, and, it, and it grates my ears less than saying, oh, uh-huh. I don't like this. You yeah. know? So, you know, they have to try things. Um, and... And we, um, I'm not a member of the Clean Your Plate Club. I don't think that kids have to Good. clean their plates before they can leave the table or clean their plates before they can have a dessert if a dessert is offered. Um, but they they need to make an attempt, yeah. <laughs> a good attempt you at the try half it. of their dinner um, before they can, if there's a dessert offered um, or Ooh. they have, you know, parade candy this, this time of year, my goodness. Yeah. Um, they're allowed to choose one piece after dinner, but not if they eat two bites of dinner. That's great. You know, so we talk about you have to eat your growing food before you eat your fun food. What, what about the, the famous phrase, you know, the people in Africa are starving. <laughs> Do you ever throw that out there? I don't. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't seem to work. really young. They don't know what Africa is. <laughs> you know what? Sadly, they can also Google it. And when they do Google it, they'll find out, you know, a lot of them are eating pretty well. So <laughs> then they'll just find out you're lying. It's, it's a really interesting thing because we have all these old tricks our parents used to play on us that... You know, maybe it sounds like you're just kind of treating it more as a mutually respectful relationship. We're going to try to eat. If you'll eat and do your best part, I'll let you have your treats. But we're going to we're going to get a little healthy before we get a little sugar. Yeah, basically. And and, you know, for for me, meals take a whole lot of work and there's often, you know, expensive ingredients. Yeah. as far as wasting food and the children in Africa, I'm more like, mommy put a lot of time into that and right. we're not going to throw that away. So if they have a serious amount left and it's something I know they've eaten in the past, they, you know, it goes in the fridge and they're going to see that the next meal. Yeah, it's coming back. So, yeah, yeah. You can't get away from it. 
so yeah, my kids start to learn that mommy doesn't like wasting food. So you know, we and we try to portion things appropriately too. If if they don't, if we're not sure, you know, the three year old is going to like it, he'll get a quite small sure serving. So that what we do you, try to avoid waste. What do you do with a picky eater? I mean, I know there's just some kids that are just picky, and in fact, I had a picky eater who wouldn't eat anything, and then. We just he just went on a mission for our church and is now in Mexico, forced to eat pretty much everything. I love that with a green so- like a green hot sauce on it, and he's um, he's liking it. He's liking stuff I never thought he'd like. That's awesome. And see, that's the bottom line. Exactly is that sometimes I mean, there's all sorts of picky eaters, and and why they're a picky eater is something that I think the parent needs to ask themselves because in some cases they're just doggone stubborn. You bet. And if you're going to enter into a power struggle with them and then let them win by giving them what they like and not and not asking them to eat what they don't like, well, the, well you've lost. Yeah. <laughs> that's not okay as a parent. Um, so there's your stubborn picky eaters. That's, you know, that's one whole sphere. And that's, it's pretty much the same rules. We have one meal. This is what there is. You know, you need to try to try things. I think if, if there are kids who don't like their food touching you can try to work with that. Yeah. You know do what you? I mean? Still yeah. give them the same sure. foods, but allow them to have their their little picky habit of like not having the casserole, but yeah. having the chicken in one place and the rice in the other and whatever. Um, as long as they're eating real foods that are wholesome for their bodies, you can work within that structure. Now, if you've got a kid who likes only pasta, chicken nuggets, and pizza, I, I think that's somewhere where parents really need to, A, work hard at, at changing that habit and be looking a little bit deeper. Um, serious, serious picky eating, especially if they're focusing on a particular food group like breads, yep. um, like gluten or dairy, could be a sign of a food sensitivity. Oh, which is there funny. you go. That's a, So yeah, there's a sign there. They're not just being yeah, picky. It's really counterintuitive, but a lot of times what kids start to feel addicted to is what they're, is actually hurting their body. Hmm. Um, and that's just part of the cycle of it being a sensitivity. So, So sometimes finding a a homeopathic doctor or a natural doctor who can who knows about food sensitivities and can help you figure that out. Or, and I mean, this would kill a picky kid, but the best way to figure out a food sensitivity is to go on an elimination diet. Oh boy, here we go. And, yeah, and cut it out completely and and see what happens. And um, I mean, not if that's not if there's nothing wrong with your child, but if there's any, you know, bedwetting, behavioral problems, ADHD. Um, chronic ear infections, all those things are also signs of food sensitivity. So if you have a couple other checkboxes on those lists, it's, it's something to look into. And now, you know, now we're not talking eating and behavior and stubbornness and parenting. We're talking, you know, your child's health. And it's really, I think it's really important to dig to the bottom of you those picky eaters. Well, and you're um, going to need to do it. I mean, it's kind of now or later, but sometime. Because it's, it's, this isn't going away. They're, they, they're struggling now with it. And we can ignore it, but then they'll struggle later with it or, or kind of a more aggressive version of it or, uh, you know, somewhere where they've modified their life to become, to have an addiction of some sort. Or I mean, you got to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want your, your 25-year-old children to be having frozen pizzas every day. Yeah. I mean, that seems like that'll kill them. It, well, yeah, it will. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Maybe not at 25, but by sure. the time they're 50. Yeah. They're on a lot of prescriptions. So, I mean, a couple of, like, really practical ideas for that are um, the parent being in charge of when the child eats. That's really, really key. If, if snacks are happening at 530 and dinner's at 6, 
you've completely sabotaged your dinner. Yeah. So the parent needs to say, snack is at 4 o'clock. The kitchen is closed at 4.15. I will see you at 6. <laughs> I love the kitchen back. is closed rule. I think everybody needs a kitchen closed sign. Absolutely. Even a neon one. I think that makes it really exciting. Yes, and then you can hang it, you know, dangle it in front of their <laughs> face right. and you don't even have, have to answer. Flashing. It, but see, that's it because we, a lot of us are so whipped by our kids that we'll yeah. we'll give them whatever. I mean, but in reality, some of these things are, they're drugs. I mean, food is a drug in a way, and it's very addictive in certain ways and very unhealthy in certain ways, just like a drug. Sure, particularly sugars, which are in, in a shocking number of processed foods you wouldn't expect, like salad dressings, ketchup, oh. barbecue sauce. Um, I mean, stuff kids love, baked beans. It's, yeah. There's sugar in a lot of things that seem like main courses and healthy things. Um, and white flour, too. Oh. White flour converts to sugar really quickly in the system, and so so those things can fill kids up so fast. Um, You're killing so, yeah, me. Takes, You're killing me, Katie. This is my life. You just, you just listed my breakfast. <laughs> okay, Little so baby. here's what you can do. What do I do? Um, when If the child hasn't snacked since 4, they're going to be hungry at 6, so you put out some kid-friendly veggies first some cherry tomatoes cut in half if they're really little, some cucumber sticks. You can, you know, you can cut them in fun ways if that would help your kids. Sure, if you've made them into a gun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kids love to dip, and guacamole is super easy to make on your own so you know what's in it, and there's no weird additives. Um, So that's something that can get kids eating. Another strategy for including vegetables um, is to make a blended soup. Because oh, then yeah. the children can't see what we do. In that there. that's their healthiest meal is when we blend a soup. Yeah. Yeah. So you that's, can't pick anything out. That's so what right. you can do is kind of go restaurant style and serve your soup first, no matter what your meal is. There you if your go. meal's pizza, you still can serve like a soup course. Yep. And give them straws, and they'll love it. They can't pick out the green things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll blend it up. What's this chunky thing? Don't ask questions. Just drink right, your soup. Right. It's great. <laughs> Um, so blended soups are a really good way. And then there are so many great recipes out there. I mean, on my site, I have a whole snacks book. But, I'll, I mean, anywhere, really, you can find healthy remakes of some of the processed foods that kids like. Um, chicken nuggets aren't very hard to make homemade. Smoothies are a great way to get fruits and vegetables into kids who don't like fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, you can make healthy French fries and healthy fruit roll-ups um, oh. as, long as, as long as you're in charge of what's in them. We're talking with Katie Kimball uh, from KitchenStewardship.com. She's written seven ebooks. You really got to go check out her website. Tons of advice, tons of tools that will help you, uh, you know, feed your children and feel good about it. Take care of your stewardship in the kitchen and in nature as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Katie's going to continue discussing with us some ways that we can maybe, you know, take care of our family when we're on the uh, on the road, in a vacation, maybe when we need to eat out as well, as well as helping our wallets to do all of this so it's not so expensive. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Food and families, today's topic right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Spam. 
That's the Spam Anthem from Monty Python. <laughs> Love that song. That song is dedicated to everything we're trying to fix on the show. Uh, thanks to our wonderful guest. Uh, now uh, She's probably not going to talk to me now. Katie Kimball's on the phone. Katie, have you ever heard the Spam song? No. It's beautiful, though, wasn't it? It was lovely. Did it bring a tear to your eye? It's the Spam Anthem. The Spam Anthem. It's a powerful thing. Katie Kimball's joining us from the website kitchenstewardship.com. She's an author, blogger, teacher extraordinaire, mother of three and, let's say, a half Three and a half children, soon to be four. She's about to, or she's going to have a child soon. She's in Michigan, and she's teaching us about healthy living, healthy food, taking care of nature, saving a buck here and there, and teaching your children how to eat uh, and have a healthier life eating. Katie, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matt. Spamalicious. It's gross. Exactly. When was the last time you just threw a, just a chunk of spam in your mouth, Katie? I don't know that I've ever had spam in any form. Had a girl. Had <laughs> a girl. See, you're the real deal. You are. See, the rest of us, you know, we're sick. We really are. Um, talk to me about kids traveling. So we do. A, you know, we'll go on a vacation, and it seems like sometimes all of our goals disappear the minute you're in a car and you're in another city and you're in a hurry to get a meal. How do we eat healthy? How do we teach our kids healthy eating when you're on the road? This is, I mean, this is the hardest question for people who, who are dyed in wool real foodies and who are, you know, is already yeah. feeding their children really good food at home. Yeah, traveling on the road or even just grabbing quick snacks when you're running from school to someone's dance class to someone's soccer practice, etc. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really tough question. It was one of the ones I got most frequently when I was first writing. Um, and that, that was the impetus to exactly your question for my first ebook, which is called Healthy Snacks to Go. Um, and just for your readers, if anyone's listening and, and wants to save a buck, they can put in the code BYU Radio all together and get fifty percent off any Sweet. or all of my books. So just so they go to your website, uh, Kitchen Stewardship, go to your books, ebooks. Yep. And then if you put in BYU Radio, bingo, fifty percent off. That's huge. Exactly. Thank 50% you. Fifty percent off the whole deal. So that'll save you a buck. Um, and then and then the good thing about making your own snacks is that. Um, pre-portioned snacks at the grocery store are one of the more expensive things you can sure. buy. Yeah. You know, you can spend easily 50 cents to a dollar on granola bars or string cheese or whatever, right. yeah. um, whether it's it's fake food or real food. Um, so making your own is definitely less expensive. Um, there's, there's great, you know, I have a couple of great granola bar recipes and you can make... Um, I don't know if you've heard of Lara bars. They're Mm-mm. pretty much dried fruit and nuts, and mm. they're they're great. They're really they're real food in a package, which is rare to find. Yeah, but they're usually like a buck fifty a piece. Do, are they really? Do, do your yeah. do your children like to eat nuts? They do. So so a, part of this is sounds like it's conditioning, really. I mean, yeah. my kids. I don't know. I pull out a package of nuts, and they all like scatter. Oh no! Isn't that weird? I mean, and they'll eat them, but it depends on the kind of nuts too. But it's I don't know. It's I guess it's just I have to I have to work harder. Now if I pulled out a bag of Cheetos, they'd gather toward me like a host <laughs> of ants. The Cheetos company has spent a lot of money finding what they call the bliss point, the perfect crunch slash oh, flavor yeah. to yeah. addict people. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> the bliss point the companies have not spent that much money. That's um, a great phrase though. So Well But you can. I mean that means you gotta work fun. harder as a parent, right? 
Yeah, like you do. You really do. All of, like all of our nuts are in easy to open jars that yeah. even little hands can open and close instead of zipper bags. And then there's dried fruit down there in the you know in a low cupboard as well. And so if I'm super busy and they want a snack, I say, oh, do you want to make yourself some trail mix? Which sounds a lot more fun than anybody want a nut? Yeah, exactly. And then they <laughs> so can go make a mix. They're making it themselves. They can blend the nuts they like. They can throw in some dried whatever and some raisins. Um, and that's that's a little bit more fun. Um, these The bar is like a homemade Lara bar. They're made with dates usually, and dates are really sweet. So mm-hmm. that talks to a kid's sweet tooth. You bet. Big time. And then the nuts are, they're, you know, they're already crunched up, so there's not that like texture thing of having to chew the nuts. Um, so trail mix is big at our house. String cheese is big. As far as like actually being on the road on vacation where you, you know, you're away for so long that you really can't pack all your own food. Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's a lot harder. We try, if we're going to stay, like we're going to Florida in September and we'll stay at a place with a kitchen. There you so go. So we can make our own food rather than eating out so much. But you can, you know, you can yeah. look at a restaurant menu and think, you know, this is an egg. An egg is one <laughs> a whole food with one ingredient. Yep. And it's real. Um, what, what, like what restaurant would you take your family to, Katie? We haven't done fast food in a really long time. Um, but Mexican restaurants are, are usually a pretty good choice because they have things like beans and rice and meat and, yeah. you know, things that are actually recognizable. Not exactly Taco Bell because they yeah. only have like 30% meat in their meat. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, places like uh, Qdoba is a, a pretty good national example or Chipotle. Uh-huh. Those are those are pretty pretty solid places where you can get filled up, and then and then sometimes you just have to go have fun and, and get the little Caesars hot and ready because it's that kind of day. Sure. And that's where you don't you know you don't have to feel like you have to be perfect 100 percent of the time. Um, a huge foundation of my entire website is taking baby steps and making it doable. I think a lot of people look at a real food lifestyle and think this is a huge change. I will do this next week. Yeah. I'll start. Or yeah, say, exactly. I'm doing it all right now. We're going to totally change our habits. And then after a week, they're frazzled, they're overwhelmed. They feel like they've <laughs> failed and they give up. Yeah. So I talk a lot about taking baby steps and cutting yourself some slack. And you know, if your diet today is better than yesterday, even if you had the hot and ready for dinner, you're doing better than yesterday. Sure. And that's a good thing. So line upon line, just drip it in. I mean, if you can get them used to eating some foods, uh, even some nuts, making a trail mix. It, it's just, it's just, it's one more thing. It's one more added, you know, arrow in the quiver. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And just little chipping, chipping away, just like you do, you know, with a kid who's misbehaving, you might, you, you're not completely in charge of their choices. You yeah. just have to try to do it a little bit at a time and and help, you know, discipline and teach them bit by bit. And meanwhile, while you're eating and food and everything, that's great. But the other side of this is you're spending time together and you're going to get closer as you're, I mean, how, like, for example, you making fruit leather or whatever with your children is an opportunity to get closer, not just to eat healthier. Yeah, it can be as long as we don't kill each other. In yeah, the if somebody doesn't <laughs> die in the in the dryer, that's good. What... uh we only have a couple more minutes, so what what would you say we really ought to remember, Katie, as as we're trying to you know eat healthier, but also I love this the fact that we're taking care of nature as well. So that's another great lesson you can be teaching the whole time. Um, what else should we remember when it comes to our food and our families? Um, well, I mean, I think the baby steps I just talked about 
is huge for anyone trying to make a change. Um, and then, and then really just thinking about how God created the world. You know, he didn't create animals with preservatives in them yeah, right. <laughs> growing in the field, you know, um, or plants yeah. with MSG. We've done that lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've enhanced so, God's work yeah, by slowly so look, injecting our animals. Single, single ingredients, things that, that look like they did when they came out of the ground and, um, and that, and that often can do it all. I mean, I talk about balancing your budget and the environment and your health. So if you can go to a farmer's market and buy food in bulk that's in season and freeze it or dry it or whatever, it's a ton cheaper than buying it in the winter. We have winter in Michigan and, you know, food yeah. and produce in the grocery is very expensive. Um, but if you've gotten it in bulk, not only do you know where it came from, that, you know, it was grown in the soil, um, if you can find or you know, if you can afford organic, that's great. I don't think that's the most important thing, though, and especially if you're on a tight budget. Like buying an apple is much better than buying organic, really super processed apple product. Sure. You know? Like so, I, I buy apple slices at McDonald's, which I don't know if you know this, is uh, it's about a buck for an apple mm-hmm. slice, for about four slices. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could probably get an apple for 40 cents. Sure. Maybe yeah. next time I'll just go buy an apple. Exactly. So investing a little bit of your own work, but just keeping the conversation open with your kids and, you know, talking with them about as far as the parenting strategy, about why you do what you do, um, not in a preachy way, but just in a in a down-to-earth way. And, and hopefully by the time my kids are 18, that'll all sink in. It will. It totally will. Well, I think you're a delight, and I think also what you're – you can't beat what you're teaching your children. I mean, it's – it's their life. It's their health. And uh, and then just consciousness and being conscientious as well. I think it's really powerful. So, Katie Kimball, thank you so much. Again, everybody, go check out her website, kitchenstewardship.com. If you go in there and look at her ebooks, again, you can, if you just enter in the radio code, BYU Radio, you'll get a 50% discount. And uh, get into it. Start the little baby steps. Katie, thank you. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. Take care of yourself. We're going to take a break, my friends. Again, just, you know, food for thought. A little food for thought. We'll be back. When we come back, we're going to get into our favorite recipes. Julie Nelson is going to join us, talk about some of the conversations we should be having. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody welcome to the matt townsend show everybody is gyrating in the studio right now as i speak as they listen to our music they can't stop but seize a little bit a little body seizing aka dancing going on welcome to the program today folks have we got a show for you today we're talking food and your family apparently your families need to eat it's important i mean you don't have to but you, you probably should yes to me, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. You know? It's like exercise. Except a lot less painful than exercise. Eating can be painful. You ever gone to a buffet before and just uh, stuff yourself? You and it's like, I can't can walk to my buffet? car. By the way, at midnight on a cruise ship, deadly. Deadly. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah, in that situation, yes, it's very painful. <laughs> so, you know, so everyone's got their own version of it, but our own uh, Aaron here is sitting here trying Yo. to get us to put together a recipe. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's chicken fried dumplings, chocolate asparagus. Chocolate asparagus is a thing. Who, who does that? I, I, you know, I haven't tried it, but I saw it on the internet, and you just take, like, as you would a strawberry, but it's an asparagus, uh, what do you call it, a leaf uh, or a piece? No, a spear. A spear, yeah. asparagus spear, and you spear it in this chocolate, mm. and then you nibble on it for snack time. What I think I'd find myself doing is actually just licking off the chocolate. You lick yeah. off the chocolate <laughs> and throw away the asparagus. The oh, okay. Lick, stab, you could, lick, you could stab, use it as like a fork. Stab. Yeah. I think that's not the intent. Um, but that's what's great is everybody yeah. has their own, you know, to each his own. Mm-hmm. So you're, today you want to talk about your favorite recipes. Yeah. Well, I feel like the cool thing about recipes is they kind of have a nostalgic value to it often from your family growing up. Yes. That's at least for me, right? Okay. What I'm going to sure. mention. Sure. I love my mom's Parmesan chicken. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Just so good. The way she makes it. And it might be a recipe passed down in the family. I need to ask her. but I doubt it. Probably not. But the best, this is the funniest one. My dad makes the spaghetti. And all he, I thought it had like some crazy uh, parts to it. But yeah. I asked him today and all it has is a uh, half pound of brown sugar and two cans of tomato sauce. And oh, yeah. And he's like, man, yeah. you make it with those two things. You put brown you sugar in it. That, you know. He said, put it on top of a tire and it will taste good. You can eat a tire with that stuff. And I was you like, know, I'm going to have to try that sometime. Cause uh, do it. No, no, The spaghetti was dang good with those two ingredients. Matt, I wonder what I could mix I with you. the brown I sugar yeah, and Matt, don't sauce. say anything. Just let him do it. Just do it. Some french fries. Bring, bring that into our next party. Yeah, tell me okay. how. Tell, how's it, tell us how it goes. All right. So, so those are interesting. Mine. Those are good. Uh, let's see. Brown sugar, again, our earlier guest, Katie, yeah. was just telling us, you know, we add a lot of sugar. And so now you're adding sugar. Is brown sugar slightly better for you than white sugar? It's slightly it better. It's kind of like the difference between, I don't know, a shotgun and a pistol to your head. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, one's, a one's a little better. Interesting comparison. Yeah. Again, All right. not to bring up a gun metaphor. Yeah. But that, I was, just that was kind of violent, Matt. Come it was on. very violent. So th- those are good recipes. <laughs> Do you know how to make any of them? Do I know? Um, what was the last time I, you made, for example, just you? You just and me. your queen, you sat down, you're like, hey, yeah. babe, I want to make you some Parmesan chicken. I We've made it twice. Did you? We, she made it once. We, she, and it was really good. She, I wife. made it once. Now my wife made yeah, it. Okay. When we were dating. Yeah, and okay. I made it another time, and it was terrible mm. because I had the chicken. I warmed it up in the microwave, yeah. and it started cooking it in the microwave. Uh-huh. It didn't just defrost it. It was like cooking it. And, yeah. I, and so I was like, it'll be fine. I bake it, and it tastes all rubbery. It was pretty gross. So mm. in other words, you don't know how to make it then? No, it tasted like- But it's a neat tradition. A rubbery chicken with- some sprinkles on it. What you ought to do is go visit your mom <laughs> and ask your mom how to do it. You have this weird fascination with rubber. <laughs> you Did like I say rub- rubber a lot today? Yeah. Well, just the tire and oh. now a rubber chicken. It's all leather, right? Yeah, there you go. Yummy. Leather or rubber. Yeah. Two completely different uh, things. I like a tire. Hey, know? James. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite recipe? I I have, if we're going off like the f- traditional family meals, mm-hmm. my mom makes a fantastic lasagna. It's oh. a Burtzell family lasagna. Holy yeah. Has everything. has pepperoni. BFL, they call it. Yep, the BFL. Wurzel family lasagna. Yep. Buffle. Buffle. Mm-hmm. Like, Mom, I want that buffle. Okay, my favorite meal on earth is lasagna. It's if it's really done good. right. Oh and my I'm gosh. sure the buffle is the best. Matt buffle likes is a great. meal. That's my favorite That's your food. Okay. That is my birthday right. meal. And yes, huh. I have made it before. Have you? Several occasions. Lasagna is yeah. a lot of work. Oh, yeah, it is. Let me give you something that's uh, a Townsend family recipe. Even easier. Graham crackers. Crunched up in a cup, pour milk on it. Mm. Wow. What do, do you, you call that? 
slop. <laughs> you let it get soggy? Oh, yeah. And then you get a spoon or you mm-hmm. just drink it? No. Well, I, I can't drink it because I have them – they're stuck in there so thick. It's like just a thick glob of slop. So you're like slamming the cup against your mouth trying yeah. to get the can't cracker slam down? <laughs> Slamless. It's so good. That's sounds a good gross. visual for you. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It's, mm. it's so good. And my kids, that's, you know what? I'm handing it down. My kids all eat that. All of them. That's a good one. And they're strong, too. I've seen you, them. You just need a trough Muscles. in your home. You know another one? <laughs> a trough. I do need a trough. You just call us By the way, I, I'm not averse to that. I'm totally okay if we just had like a slop trough and I could just... <laughs> Graham, Graham slop. Yeah. Slop. Here's, here's another one. And again, I don't want... Don't judge me on this. But um, cheese. Okay. So you get... You get cheese. You just you get a cheese slicer. You just slice a piece of cheese. Then you put because I'm I'm on a diet. Yeah. Because I'm trying to avoid eating bread and slop. And, and slop. Yeah. But um, is there diet slop? Yeah. You just use one percent milk. <laughs> there you go. And um, so I get a slice of cheese, and then because I'm on a diet, I don't want to put it on bread because that would be a cheese sandwich. Yeah. No. So instead, I just take this cheese and then I just rub um, Miracle Whip on it. And then I fold it over, and then I eat it. That sounds really healthy. That's great. Thank you. Because I used to have it with a sandwich, with bread. But bread has sugar. I mean, it it converts to sugar. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that in my body. So instead, I just just throw it in that way. All right. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, it's like, hey, kids, we're going to have slop and cheese, which is with Miracle Whip on it. We call them Cheese Delight. (laughs) Cheese Delight. We're having slop and cheese delight tonight. C D. We call okay, it. Can anyone else top Matt's uh, epic meal Everybody recipes? Oh, well, Maddie's got Addy. Yeah. What are we going for? Maddie's here? got Addy. That's Maddie. Maddie's got attitude. Okay, Matt. I don't have an attitude. What are you talking about? What? What you got? Okay. So, uh, my family does something with graham crackers, but it's way better than slop. Why did you say it that way? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's called slop. It's got to be better. Yeah, okay. Um, so my family, when we make fro- we make homemade frosting for mm. birthday cakes and stuff, yeah. we always um, end up with a little bit more frosting because we don't like you know nobody likes too much frosting well, on their cake. You're you a know? frosting hawk, sure. So no, nobody wants too much. So we make a little bit extra, and then we take graham crackers and break them in half, mm-hmm. like you would yeah. for a s'more, and yeah. you spread the frosting on the uh, inside, yeah. and then you close it up and you put mm. it in a bag till the graham cracker gets soft. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's like a really, a really big deal in our family. Like kids will, the kids will, the little cousins will ask for that wow. with their birthday cake what, what, and graham what, crackers and frosting. What kind of frosting is it? Chocolate, always. Chocolate. You know, according to Matt, if you want to make that even healthier, <laughs> ditch the graham ca- crackers and just, and just put mayo. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Just no, not just mayo. put mayo. Miracle Whip. <laughs> Miracle Whip. Okay. Hey, and hey, then by just the way, that is, boom. You yummy. reminded me of something. I've got to tell you. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen invented ever. You get white frosting. I don't know what you call that. Just white frosting. Vanilla. Vanilla frosting. You put vanilla frosting in a bowl. Listen to me. I swear this will change your life. Okay. This All is right. my favorite Listening. recipe. This is my and right. Okay. Then you get peanut butter. And you mix peanut butter and white frosting together. Then you roll it up, put it in the fridge. It will harden, and you and you now and you can cut it into chips. And they're like fudge delights, but they're not fudge. It's it's the best thing you'll ever taste. Wow. Okay. Oh man, I'm. What starving. do you call that one? You name that. Bit of heaven. Bit of heaven. Bit okay. Of heaven. That's what I call it. All right. Bit of heaven. Man, I'm glad we had our guest on before to help out your family. Who says I don't like food? It's eye-opening today. I love Slop, food. lasagna, and bit of heaven. 
Eh. Matt Townsend show. Mm. You know what? Let's let's do this from here on out. We need a cooking segment. All right. Yeah. And I'll start. I've we got to a actually bring food like in that. though for that, right? Yeah. All right. This is good. Good we'll, job. Aaron. We'll have a trough here in we'll the studio. Tr- oh. All right. Trough. Just fill it up with whatever. Let's see trough. if we can put that on for HR to order a trough. <laughs> They don't even let us have food in the studio. Oh. That's, but slop's great because Unless it's, it, your it's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't fly anywhere. It just pretty much falls and sticks. Okay. Well, then imagine that work. in your gut. That'll just be great. Uh, we're going to take a break. Mm, I'm hungry for some reason. A little bit of heaven. I could use a little bit of heaven. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Julie Nelson's going to be joining us, a.k.a. the Child Whisperer, the Bomb Mom. She's going to teach us what we should be talking about around the dinner table. So it's not enough to just worry about the food, you know. We've also got to make sure we're having good conversations. More on food and family on the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking food and family. This just in. A caller. A caller, Clint from Tooele, Utah, who's on his in his truck driving to Cedar City as we speak, has a special uh, updated, uh, potential update on the recipe of slop. Slop, again, is graham crackers and milk. Clint, are you there? I am there. I was just thinking when you started mentioning graham crackers and milk, I thought, yes, I love that, and I've never heard of anybody else that mm. had the uh, family tradition yeah. of uh, bringing that home and everybody gathers around and has some. And, can, can you uh, add to the recipe at all? I mean, what would you do to add to a re- I mean, that's a perfect thing, don't you think? That's just love and uh, fun all by itself right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. I like to gather the kids around, and then we just we stuff it full, and then you pour the milk on it. Oh, yeah. And um, have you ever? I know you have more than a couple of kids. And yeah, you six. Get together for ice cream. Don't you just take the box of ice cream, unfold it, and chop it up with a knife, and it's all gone, right? Yeah, I actually don't do that because we are we always buy it in a bucket. You can. It's easier to buy by the pound. Oh, so the five quart bucket. Yeah. But so, but I I've seen them cut it up. Then it's easy, yeah. But we but just have a bucket, thing, and then we give a bunch of spoons, and then we just go to town. With respect to your uh, mayonnaise on or the Miracle Whip on cheese, uh-huh. trying to avoid the bread sugar. Yeah, have that'll you kill you. Have you ever looked at the ingredient list on Miracle Whip and how much sugar is in there? No, actually, no, and you I don't ever plan that. to, Clint. <laughs> so why don't you just be quiet on that one? <laughs> I don't want I, just, I don't want to ruin it. But, see, yeah, there's so much sugar everything. in my Miracle Whip, I don't want to ruin it with bread sugar. I grew up eating Miracle Whip straight on the bread, actually. Uh, me too. Have you? Uh, hey, a little side note. Have you ever just put potato chips on top of Miracle Whip on white bread? It's called oh, heart goodness. attack. It's a heart attack. Uh, but worth it. But to follow that up, I'd like to compliment you on your show. I love listening to the uplifting and informative stuff that you have, and thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Clint. Thanks for the call, and uh, keep uh, eating. As a member of the Miracle Whip Brotherhood, you keep eating it. (laughs) Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Wow. See, again, another convert. Not a convert, a fellow brother in the MNMW network. Miracle Whip Network. 
<laughs> By the way, that's a sponsorship. I just uh, we just had an unpaid sponsorship there. Miracle Whip Network. Okay, now let's bring in the queen of the Miracle Whip Network. I bet you Julie doesn't eat any of this. She just brought us some food, and it's all healthy. <laughs> She's wonderful. Julie Nelson's her name. Her website is a spoonful of parenting.com. This woman has it all. Master's degrees in marriage and family and human development. She's the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, Wife and Mother, Five Children, The Bomb Mom. And I did just what your caller said. When we were raising our kids, we would buy the cartons and we would tear it apart. And mm-hmm. we, we actually have a name for it. It's called sporking. Oh, really? Yeah. Spoon forking? Yeah, where you put your spoons and you all just eat it from different angles until the ice cream's all gone. That, you know, I've never done that, but that actually seems like yeah, a Yeah, you sit around idea. the table and it's a party. And then you could just pour a little chocolate on yeah, it. Yeah, you could. Or a side of yeah, Miracle Whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Clint's driving. Oh, so, um, Julie, mm-hmm. as you sit there, this family time, it seems to be disintegrating. It is. Because in our house, we have a bad setup. We have a bar in the middle where you sit. It only has three seats. And my wife will stand. We have six kids, so there's eight of us. Only, only six of us are home. Mm-hmm. So to actually have a meal, we'd have to move everything over to the table. You know, I, that's a funny thing you should say that because I'm in the middle of a kitchen remodel right now. And we had a three-seater bar on, yeah. in our t- kitchen. Did you upgrade? We upgraded and we got rid of the bar. And my kids are having a heart attack because they can't sit down with their cereal bowl yeah. and face the wall <laughs> and, read, and read the newspaper on the bar anymore. They're like, where am I going to eat, Mom? I said, you take two steps and you go to the table. And you eat at the table, and you can actually look at each other in yeah. the eye. In the Sounds eye. Sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. Because like, what if you like connected? Yeah, exactly. So we we got rid of the staring at the wall thing because that's actually the bar does as it looks at the wall, mm-hmm. and this way they have to turn around and look at each other. But it's just unfathomable. It's a, it's a habit. Yeah, they can't sit down every morning, and I'm still. I think my kids are just still PO'd at me. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So what are we supposed to do? Let's say we actually sat at a table, mm-hmm. and let's say that as a family you sat there long enough to have a meal. <laughs> <laughs> what what are we supposed to talk about? Right. So what that's your that's where you're the pro. You're I, the queen. Yes, of and parenting. I've done that all of their lives, their little lives. And um actually I'm writing a book right now and part Another of Another book? Yeah, and a part of that is on the uh the uh family meal ritual and the benefits it has for for children because I'm all about you know kids and what they do what, yeah. what you can do to raise better kids and research is overwhelming about the benefits of if you sit down with your kids and have frequent meals, what that does for them. If you could just have a, I I ask my parents that I teach, if you had a magic wand and could wave it over your kids and have these results, so less likely eating disorders, lower risk of smoking, drinking, using drugs, Mm. lower incidence of depressive symptoms, suicidal thoughts, better grades, less likely to have sexually active friends. I mean, it's all of it. Yeah. Every parent's nightmare is all there saying, we will throw these out. You will have much, much um, of a less risk factor if you do the one thing, one thing. And I asked my, my parents' students, what would that be? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Guess what? It's just called eat a meal together. And they're, are you kidding? They are, they're, they're shocked at that simple thing. But yet, like you said, our families are disintegrating. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't have time. We're a fast food society. Yeah. We eat at a bar. Yeah. And um, we have the TV on. It's, my kids thought my name was Little Caesar. 
It's totally true because <laughs> that's dad's mom's like, I'm going to go get little Caesar, little Caesar and uh-huh. comes home and, and then they'll ask, where's dad? And, oh, he's just out making money so we can eat. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only connection. Yeah. But we don't have the time to have this ritual. It's mm-hmm. a ritual. It is. That, that mm-hmm. I guess is what you're saying too is it grows, it grows us deep. It What's does. What's it growing? It's growing those those uh, connections that we have to make every day with our kids. A kid needs to have – it's, it's alarming also that research shows that we have less than six minutes uh, with our kids per day. Oh. Less than six. And that's moms, less for dads. Oh, I bet. And that's all we connect with them. And if we have the more time we can invest in what's going on in their lives and have those those eye contact moments – those crossroads of their day and kind of check in and, hey, you are needed now. You're a part of this family because every child wants to feel like they belong. If they don't belong in a family and they don't have a place at the table, a place that you are needed, then they're going to find somewhere else to belong. And it could be somewhere you don't want. That's what gangs are all about. That's right. No, that's right. And so they'll be somewhere else hanging out at the skateboard park because that's where they belong. Yeah. So I mean, I love skateboard parks, but I'm saying at a certain time, they should know, like my kids all know that at six o'clock, you are belong at home. And if something comes up, you know, call us, let us know. But I need to have a contact with you every day to know where you're at and what you're doing. See, oh, that's bad. Bronco Mendenhall um, talked about, you know, we're doing, we have our kids doing too much. Mm Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of spread oh, it's all called the over overscheduled the child. Well, mm-hmm. and you know what's funny mm-hmm. is our we have two that are now starting football, mm-hmm. and there's no six o'clock anymore at our house. No, and here's I also say this: it doesn't have to be every night because you don't usually have a practice every single night of the week right. for most. I mean, but you have lots of kids that are doing different things, so you have the meal with who's there. Yeah. If one child's gone on Tuesdays and Thursdays, still have the meal with the rest of the kids. That's great. And then you kind of rotate through, mm-hmm. but you don't stop it just because, well, not everybody's here. Right. And I've also suggested that if you can't have a meal in the evening, let's say you both are working until you know, your, your shifts are weird or whatever, then have breakfast together. Get up I mean, everybody. Yeah. It's just having a connected time each day. That's great. Whatever time works for you. Don't you think you could have a moment where you just gather around and eat crackers and milk? Like Absolutely. Slop time. And <laughs> slop time. I like that idea. But it doesn't even have to be a gourmet meal. I mean, mm. I'm saying open up the top ramen, break bread together, whatever it takes, but sit down. And here's here's what they found. In these studies, they find that they did one study of over about 5,000 children, 11 to 18 years old. Frequent family meals. Now, frequent doesn't mean you have to have it every day. Daily, you, your your listeners are like, oh, oh I got to do this. Yeah. Okay, frequent is about three or four times a week. Yeah. Okay, now if you're doing nothing right now, listeners out there, if you're doing no meal times and it's just forage for food, everybody just opens the fridge yeah. and it grab and go, try one time a week. A See how it works. Sunday, Saturday, whatever night works for That's you. That's why Kraft made macaroni. That's and right. Just just go for one meal. Yeah. See how it works. Start a new tradition and then work to two meals a, a week. Sure. If you're doing two now, try for three. But it's it's the idea of progressiveness. Uh-huh. Of let's just do a little let's step it up a little bit instead of saying, I can't do seven days a week. Sure. I'm not gonna try. You don't, just do yeah. one more. Add one more. Unless you're all doing it And great what about already. the frequency? So, so. so here it is. We've got almost 5,000 children in this age group of teens. They had, um, with frequent family meals, not every night, yeah. uh, in, less instances of depressive symptoms, suicidal thoughts, better grades. Who doesn't want that for their kids? Oh, wow. Now, another one of 12 to 17-year-olds found that teenagers who reported eating two or, two or fewer 
meals a week with their family were one and a half times more likely to smoke, drinks, and use illegal substances. And they also found that um, adolescent girls who have frequent family meals, and here's the thing you're talking about today, positive atmosphere during those yeah, meals. Yeah, you can't have a fight. That's right. Then um, they're less likely to have eating disorders. And uh, because, see, food becomes a food fight. Sure. And that's what eating disorders is all about. So we want to now talk about how we can structure Huge. that mealtime. Wow. We're talking with Julie Nelson. We also call her the bomb mom. It sounds like you're violent. But you're not. She's just the bomb. The terrorist mom. The terrorist mom. She uh, is from the website, a spoonful of parenting.com, a great family educator, really, and uh, from Utah Valley University, teaches classes there as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Julie K. Nelson. And we're going to, you know, we're probably going to partake of the food she brought. We'll give you a little update on that. And. Uh, See if she's got any slop recipes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about food and your family. And hey, here's a little idea for you. You're supposed to eat three meals a day regularly, minimum, right? I mean, minimum of three meals, but you could have a lot of little snacks. You know, I like to have about 12 meals a day. <laughs> it sounds bad, but you know, some of it's not bad. But if you were having three meals a day, you have three chances a day to connect with your family. So let's blow that up. Too hard to do then let's just have one meal a day. What if you couldn't do that? Okay, let's just have a really good, healthy time together at dinner every other day. Mm -hmm. That seems doable. Yeah. Julie K. Nelson's joining us from a spoonful of parenting.com. She's teaching us about talking together, having a conversation, yeah, what we could do during Yeah, the positive atmosphere at, dinner table, at yeah. the dinner table that, that will be um, producing the results we just talked about in our, yeah. in our segment beforehand. Because we want to make sure that we know that the, re the compelling research we just talked about doesn't happen when kids are being um, forced to eat at the dinner table and come here no matter what. Yeah. You sit down there and you eat that food. Yeah, and you enjoy it. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So they have to be needed and welcomed at home. So don't have their chair become an instrument of interrogation and torture. Where yeah, they're going to squirm in yeah. there. Where have you been? What you did, and um, criticized for every little move. Okay, um, ever heard this, Matt? Why is your room such a mess over dinner table? <laughs> yeah, clean it up after dinner. Stop swinging your legs and kicking your sister. Quit no, touching your brother. Yeah, quit. I quit rolling your eyes, Mister. You're one step away from being sent to your room without any supper. Holy cow! Yeah, who wants to come to a hostile dinner table? That was yesterday. <laughs> But see, by the time it's six, rolls six o'clock rolls around or seven o'clock, we are so stressed out from our work day mm -hmm. that we take it all out on the kids. Well, no one's going to want to come to that dinner table, yeah. so we got to we got to change it around. And kind of what I'm here to talk about is retool or to rescript our family meal times. Love it. Okay, so whenever you have that, listeners, whenever you have that one a week or three times a week, whatever is going to be your next goal, you got to do some ground rules. Okay, so here they are. We're going to reprogram your dinner table conversations. Um, I mean, because you can do all the fantastic meal prep all you oh, want, yeah. like your previous guest is talking about. Yeah. 
great prep, great, wonderful foods. But if you sit down and the kids are like, I'm not going to eat this. And then you start having a war over, oh, yes, yeah. you are. No, oh, you're yeah. not. Yeah. Then, you never eat what I make Yeah, you. yeah. You never appreciate. I just spend all this time. Yeah. You know, that's going to just ruin the whole thing. Unless okay? you were able to pin it on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> right before you served it to your family, you get a good picture and you yeah. put it up there. Then everybody else can love it. Yeah, rather Isn't that than funny. Kids? But that's sometimes yeah. what we're more into getting it pinned on Pinterest yeah. than getting pinned together. Well, in let's our yeah, and let's let's take social media out of this whole picture and focus on maybe a little bit of that energy we would have put towards taking a picture and posting yeah. on Facebook on what can I do to make this mealtime a happier place for my that's kids to great. come to. So um, let's sit down and not be the enemy. Um, let's have some new guidelines. First of all, we're not going to during the dinner table, discuss any problems or criticisms. So we're not going to say, why did you get that grade? Uh, I I heard you had a problem in school. Tell me about it. Um, We're not going to interrogate in that way. Um, We're not going to criticize for the room being messy. And after dinner, you're going to go do that. So we're going to keep all that away. Keep it positive. The the table becomes a bubble. Yeah. Okay. And that bubble is the happy bubble. Yeah. All right. So everything. And if the kids start doing it towards each other, that's our ground rules. Whoops. Kids, remember we talked about this. Dinner table now is a safe, the safe zone. Yeah. And no one's going to say anything negative to anybody. So zip it. And That's you can cool. say it after the, you yeah. know, you go away. In fact, if they have a problem, I'll excuse them, go, go over to the couch, go talk about it there. But once you come back, it's the safe zone. Do you assign them a seat? We've done different things, you know, and every family can do it the different way they want. I think I'd have to. You know, what, what our family did was the whoever set the table gets to choose where they want to sit. Oh, I don't know. It was idea. a cool thing. And then it became this, um, you know, empowering thing because they got to choose where and there was always some chair they always wanted to be in so the table Mm, setter chose but no you can have assigned seating that's cool Um, but it's kind of fun to mix it up because I do some games where they don't know who's going to sit where and then we have kind of like the mystery plate like this one that's different than everybody else and then whoever comes and sits at the mystery plate then we do something with that so it's really fun because you know you do all the plates the same except for the one you you sound scary. No, no, it's no, it's fun. Because like, you what is what is in the mystery plate? No, no, it, it's a different plate that looks different from oh, all the other it's ones. Just different. And then they all come to the table. Yeah. Whoever sits at that one, you, you know, every it's, yeah. it's, it's, it I changes. I thought you it gave up. them something different. No, to eat. no, no mystery food on the mystery yeah. plate. No, it's a worm. <laughs> no, the idea is to have some fun. That's cool. Simple things like. Okay, maybe you have something going on where you have ongoing little service things that the kids do for each other, and you do as well. So you could, couldn't you do where you um, have the children come to the table and there's a cotton ball, and you put that cotton ball under someone's t- um, plate, and then after the meal you lift up your plates, and whoever has the cotton ball, then that's the person that has the warm fuzzy, and then they have to do something for somebody else oh, during and pass the cotton and pa- ball. Yeah, and then they have to do some kind of nice thing, and the next time you get together and eat dinner, they put it under that other person's plate, and then everyone looks up and they go. Oh, it's John. That's what great. did you do, Susie, for John last time you had the cotton ball? Little fun things That's like that. Cool. Or you have, um, I don't know, games where you have, um, one fun thing is where you have a, a new vocabulary word, oh. word. And you have, you know how they have like in yeah. Reader's Digest, the word, yeah. increase your word power? Uh-huh. You get one of those words and then everyone's got a different word and the definition, they have to use that word sometime within the dinner conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, that silly is stuff. great. Okay, so both those are some fun things. But I like rituals as well because, you know, I don't know if everyone out there has some kind of a religious orientation, but it's really nice to hold hands, say grace, say mm-hmm. thanks, something at the beginning of the dinner table, which kind of says, go, ready, set, go. Yeah. We're starting now and we wait till everyone's there and then we say grace. And that's, and the, then, that's the way in. That's the way into the mm-hmm, ritual. That's mm-hmm. great. It's the way in. Some people hold hands or whatever it might be, but that's the way you start. I knew one family where they turned their chairs around, face the other way, and that meant... They actually kneeled down 
before they before they had their dinner, and that was a sign that we're all here. We're going to kneel down, and then we turn the chairs. That around. could be like their family prayer. Mm-hmm. That's that, yeah, and that's, that's the cool. ritual. Yeah, um, our so, ritual, just so you know, yeah. is usually when somebody throws a ball at the other person <laughs> or and, a piece of food, uh-huh, and then it's like, okay, we're beginning. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> so other rules might be that you have no Nazi-like tactics to yeah. finish their food. I'd really, really advise parents to not use like don't get up from the dinner table until you've eaten everything on your yeah. plate. Um, because, you know, then it's like me as a child who I just hid the broccoli in the cup of milk. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm going to get around it. I'm going to figure out. And you don't want to sit there forever. Everyone's left the table and that one child's just languishing oh, at the I table. Remember. They hate it. And it becomes this place I hate because my parents are forcing me. And if you have this food fight with your parents, it becomes a power of wills. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to eating disorders. There you yeah, go. Yeah, right? So it's it's a happy time. You eat what you want. In fact, I'll, I even say to some kids who are like, well, I already ate at my friend's house before I came. Or I'm not hungry. Or I don't like this. We have this rule that says we all sit, sit down anyway. Yeah. You sit down and we just want to hear you what you have to say today about what went on. That's great. And so they sit down. If they don't want to eat a thing, they just sit down anyway. It's expected yeah. that they sit down and we just enjoy their company. So Stephen Covey would, uh, from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he would ask his kids to teach me what you learned today. Yeah. And they would go around the table and everyone would teach. Yeah. That's cool. So here's some table talks just like yeah. Stephen Covey uh, or Sean Covey. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen's son. Yeah. In fact, Sean endorsed my book. So he's on, in there somewhere. But um, table talk. That's what he's saying. Yeah. What's one thing that you did to what was it he said? That, teach. Teach. What, what's one thing you learned today? Teach yeah. us what you learned. So today. here's some things that I put on my table talk. So these could be discussion questions that you pull out of a jar. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do have to rescript and have people, you know, because once in a while you sit across the table about it, looking at someone you've never seen before. Oh, that's my brother. I never right. look at him ever. What am I going to have a conversation with him about? Well, like a teenager's hard because yeah. what did you learn, Jimmy? And they look at you with this snarl like, are you serious? Yeah. We're doing this? I learned that life sucks today. I learned that coming home to eat here is like yeah. torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. So we again, we have the no negative talk. That's that's yeah. a rule. It's, a, it's the safe zone. So these little things you pull out of the jar if you need to have something to talk about because you just can't do it naturally would be things like he just mentioned. Some of the things I have in mind are what was the best thing that happened to you today? What was the worst thing that happened to you today? Um, who did you help today? That's great. If you could invite one person to dinner, past or present, who would it be? Okay, here's one for you, Sean, or for you, Matt. If you could be an insect, which one would you choose to be and why? A praying mantis. Because you eat your pra- your spouse? Uh, well, because I'm I'm very prayerful, <laughs> and then I like to eat my spouse. Do they but, eat their no, spouse? No, I think the wives eat the husbands. The females eat the males. Don't isn't that true? Yeah, it could I don't be the other like way around. One, it's it's one of those. I, I I just like the fact that they pray, and they're really freaky looking. Yeah, they are. And we caught an albino. One Ooh. the other week for my son's insects collection, so that was cool. Poor thing. Uh, what's your favorite book or your favorite yeah. movie? I mean, you get a teenager to talk about a movie and they won't stop. Oh yeah. So or, or music artist. So those kind of things will really bring in your teens. Paul um, George breaking his leg. Yeah. That was the talk of our dinner mm-hmm, table. Mm-hmm. Pro player breaks yeah. his leg. Um. What's your one of your greatest talents, Matt? What's one of your greatest talents? Other than dancing. Mm-hmm. And besides Deer Hunter twenties twenty fourteen. Um. Um, and when a teenager does that to me, I'll say, we'll keep going around the table and we'll come back to you. Okay. So I don't put them on the spot where they have to come up with the answer right then. You know, think about it for a minute and we'll come back. That's cool. And then it kind of primes the pump where they start hearing other people say stuff and it might trigger them to go, oh, yeah. yeah. So don't force them. Don't make them come up with an answer to yeah. these type of things. It's just all fun. It's good. Um, okay, Matt, if you could think of a book title 
to describe your book, your day to day, what would it be? Um, the long and dreary world. <laughs> Is that bad? Road, road, yes. The long, dreary road. The long and a good, good, windy good, good, road. No. It's not windy. It's no, just dreary. it's just dreary. Okay, and then last, here's another one. Um, what's one of your pet peeves, Matt? Uh, my pet peeve. A dinner table is people eating with their mouth open. Yeah. That yeah, bugs. Yeah. Okay. So here's Unless the one. I can throw something in Here's it. something you can do. Okay. We have a tables manner game okay. that we play. Wow. Here it is. You, everyone gets five matchsticks at the top of their plate. Okay. And then the matchstick or the, the bad manners, whatever it might be, food with your mouth open thing is two points. Um, elbow on the table, one Ooh. point. Ooh. Five points yeah. is, uh, you know, whatever. You, you decide up to five. Yeah. And then if you catch someone else doing that thing, then you like, give me two of your matchsticks. Ooh. And then the person with the most matchsticks at the end ah. of the d- dinner gets a prize. A bigger piece of, you could choose the dessert or whatever. Hypothetically. Yeah. How many matchsticks if somebody stabs the other person with a fork, <laughs> hypothetically? That would be the max, don't you think? But it seems, it seems bad. So you kind of go out and make these rules. And the I key, love that. It's really fun to do the matchstick game. Mm-hmm. We, we learned lots of good manners from that. And um, but It's just part of this is we're, it's a place to learn. So yeah. you, all of this is about learning. Yeah. And it doesn't matter even how you do it. So if your kids are too old and you're not going to play the matchstick, matchstick game, you could play another game. You Absolutely. Could, you could play... A game of just what's the name of that old game where we used to has questions Dic- uh, picture, a dictionary no uh, what was it called it was such a popular game about twenty years ago and you would just ask questions oh yeah just questions uh, twenty questions no no just just questions about things yeah yeah the ungame what is it called Tri- un- trivial pursuit or oh. oh that one too but there's also the ungame yeah oh. we don't about people see but any of those but trivial would be fascinating. Pur- yeah get out trivial pursuit cards. Yeah, and just ask those questions. Um, here's great. some other things you can do over the dinner table. It'll be really fun. Is I love doing this. Uh, I was, we read the newspaper every day, so discuss current events. That's cool. Um, talk about things that are going on in the world, or if you've read a poem, have someone share a poem or a paragraph from a book they've just read and discuss that. Teach. I love this. We do this as well. Teach simple vocabulary words in other from other languages. Oh, so that's my husband cool. and both Spanish, I speak. Yeah. yeah. So we'll learn how to say pass the salt or what you say is fork or what language do you speak? Spanish. We'll do Spanish. Yeah. Cool. So we teach them diff- simple vocabulary that we can have conversations over the dinner table. We uh, you could if you have a child that gets in trouble a lot, you could play what's the sentence, and then you could do like that's five to life, that's five to ten years, <laughs> and then you just talk about sentencing guidelines. <laughs> I mean, hypothetically. Yeah. I've, yes. Um, family history trivia. More research I love also. This. Yeah. Also, family, you'll find lots of research that says that kids know about their ancestry, about where mom and dad were married, yep. where they grew up, and they feel this connectedness to this family narrative. That's so, cool. talk about family history stories. Tell See? about your ancestors. Yeah. And do trivia on that as well. It's, it really doesn't matter, does it? As long as you're, you're doing something and making it an effort. Yeah. Any kind of friendly, warm environment where you are needed, you look at each other across the table, make eye contact. And I always try to challenge my parents to say, make eye contact with each child and say one positive compliment about each child yeah. by the end of the dinner table. I love it. Yeah. You know what? Spoonful of parenting right there. A spoonful of parenting.com. It's all about eating. It's all you need to know is go to that website. You'll know everything you need to know about Julie. Almost. She's the bomb mom. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about food myths with Maddie. We're also probably going to consume the wonderful treat, the savory treat brought to us today by Julie K. Nelson. We'll be back right after this. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been talking about food and your family. Again, Julie is still here. Julie can't get enough of us. Julie Nelson from a spoonful of parenting.com. I can't get enough. And I have to say my Two number points. number yeah, one we rule. Them. We missed them. We have to put this down. Lay the law. And that is at the dinner table, the safety zone. It is no technology. Tech free. You cannot have TV going on. You cannot have cell phones. They all have to be like turned off. You can have them on vibrate, but there's no checking phones. And it's so hard, especially for your teenagers, to stop that because it's such a ritual thing that they they always are looking at it. So true. Every five seconds. And in fact, even as you're saying that, I'm looking at my technology. I, I know. I was looking at you, looking at your technology. But here, you have, to, you have to have no distractions. I love that. And there's more eye contact. There's more connection that way than connecting with your phone. You, you just have to have that as a ground rule. Because otherwise... We're, we won't connect. Yeah. Turn off the TV, people. Everyone thinks they are, but no one's And show the example. I'm talking about because and this is going to be hard for me, too. We're yeah. just going to turn them off. We can do... And I, I, this is what I do for my kids. You can survive without five minutes of looking at your phone. Yeah. Your kid, Your friends are not going to die in five minutes. So I do the five minute. Of course, now we end up having dinner for longer than five minutes. Ooh. But if I say five... I, it's, it's a bait and switch. Yeah. But if I do five minutes, they think, okay, I can handle this. And uh, then dinner time starts rolling along and then they realize it's been 10, 15 and they don't realize that they have not looked at their phone. Plus, you're always hanging the dessert out over their head. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not good, we're not. you don't want dessert? <laughs> so I just say, That's come good. on, guys, five That's minutes. Your, your friends won't die. Well done. Uh, Maddie... Okay, here's the deal. Food myths. Yeah. As we wrap up the show, you know, we've been talking food all day. We have been. It's making me really hungry. And you want to debunk some myths. Yeah. So there are those, you know, those nutrition and dieting rumors that everyone hears that switch up all the time. Yeah, that that um, aren't real. There's some of them that have kind of been sticking around and they've been kind of disproved by... By some science. First, let's debunk the Miracle Whip uh, myth. I have nothing to say about Miracle Whip. It's it's disgusting. That it's sugary, it's unhealthy for you. It's really bad for you. Hold on. No, we're debunking that. No, well, I'm debunking your debunkment that it's good. So you're rebunking, it's called. It's it's bad. (laughs) It's bad for you. Sorry, Sorry, Matt. Do you want the real ones now? That's bunk. We've bunked it. Do you want. Okay, give us the real ones. Are you ready? Are Mm -hmm. you ready? Okay, so carbs make you fat. Lie. This is a lie. Is it, Carbohydrates it? are good for you. If people that go on no carb diets, they don't have energy. They don't have some of the vital nutrients that they need. It's the sugar in white carbohydrates yes. that's bad for you. See, so okay. they're saying you know you should you need to eat carbs still. Like an all protein, all vegetable diet isn't healthy for you. But just be careful about the kinds of carbs you consume. Okay. All right. Next one. Raw food is better. So eating raw broccoli is better than cooked broccoli. No. That's not true. Raw fish could kill you. Well, raw fish is actually good for you if it's prepared properly. Okay, But see. that's another story. That's another No, myth. but these raw vegetables, I mean, some nutrients come out in vegetables as it's cooked. Mm. So you need to have a balance mm. of raw vegetables versus and some cooked vegetables to get all the nutrients that a vegetable or fruit but can offer. But steam them. Don't boil steam them. Steam them. Exactly. Or I like to broil them. And yeah. my gosh, they are the best. And some of those, mm. those cooked vegetables, bring that brings out different nutrients mm-hmm. in them than they have just when they're and raw. And flavors. So adding mm-hmm. both, having both in your diet Can I just important. say something? Uh, you're confusing me because this is why – see, McDonald's doesn't bring up vegetables at all. Okay. They never talk about it. It's true. What's but the- you just debunking it confused me. Now I'm like, okay, I better go to McDonald's. No, 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 no. You still need to eat vegetables, Matt. You just need to. But have how do I know which ones carrots. do I cook and which ones don't I cook? Cook all of them and eat I mean, some of and eat all of them raw. Okay. So eat some of them raw sometimes. Eat some of them cooked sometimes. Okay. Does that okay, make that's sense? better. That makes okay. a lot more sense. All right. 
My body uh, can't process wheat and dairy as well, so that's why I'm fat. You can't say that anymore because it's not true. If, your body, if you say your body can't process foods, it wouldn't absorb the calories. So That's it true. is that your body is really good at, at, at processing those foods, and you just need to be better at helping your body get out, get them out. But a good sign it's not processing well is if you're sick after every time skinny. you consume it. And if you're, if you're really, really thin, it means your body's not getting the nutrients that it needs. You know, this just in uh, from one of our experts in the room, Julie K. Nelson. I had this hanging on my fridge. What's that? What is it? The answer is chocolate. Who cares what the question is? That's a good one. That's a great point. Is that a myth or is that a fact? No, that's a fact. That's a fact. That is a fact. Jack. Especially if it's uh, the dark chocolate, it's supposed chocolate. to be so good dark for you. Dark chocolate is really healthy for you, actually. Not really. No, it lie. really is. It's a lie from the it's chocolate industry. It's the milk industry. chocolate that's not. Milk chocolate has more sugar in it. Dark yeah. chocolate is full of the Can cacao. I interject? Oh, boy. Sorry. Oh, no. Chocolate asparagus? Is that a thing then? Can we have chocolate you asparagus? Have it, you can but I don't think yeah, that's good at all. I, I use it I as, a, as a tool to get chocolate into my mouth. <laughs> I then lick it off and I go get more chocolate. It's okay. a chocolate no, I like delivery that, though, system. Chocolate is – some sweets and sugars like that are, can be healthy for you and can make uh, you. That seems kind no, of No, okay, biased. but let's talk about this. Craving foods. There's your a cravings, myth. okay. The, the myth is that craving food, you crave food because your body is missing the nutrients that that food provides. Yeah. That's not true That's at all. That's false. They have said that people crave food to fill their emotional needs. So when you're craving something, it mm. has to do with more of an emotional thing than anything else. They say the only thing that people really crave is iron, and when they are iron deficient, they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't crave meat. They crave ice or clay. That's why pregnant women crave chalk and they start eating yes. their dirt out in their backyard. I yes, saw a pregnant woman eating deficient. chalk the yeah. other day. Yeah. Exactly. So that, <laughs> they said that's one of the only <laughs> They say bad. that's one of the only nutrients that your body will crave something if it doesn't have. Everything else is just emotional. Yeah. Okay, you got 30 seconds. Oh goodness. Give me one more. I don't even know what the best one is. Okay. Eating several small meals a day helps your metabolism stay charged. Yes. Liar. Yes. One yes. big meal. No. One huge big meal. This is what they say. They said your metabolism does rev up when you eat, but it's so significant that it's like a handful of beans of calories that you're burning it's so by eating more meals. Yeah. It's so okay. it's not significant at yeah. all. So they're saying you mean you can eat five or six smaller meals a day, but it makes – Probably no difference. At that's all. why one meal's the way to do it. One big, well, I don't think that's, gnarly meal. I don't think that's the thing. Yeah. thing either with yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Those are great mm. little bits yeah, of advice. Yeah, those are just some things to mm-hmm. keep in mind as you're picking what to eat. One of my clients was leaving. They left me a gift. They sent me a gift. They mailed me a gift. Okay. Guess what? Two bags of Cheetos. Yum. And she said, "I'll always remember you." Oh, that was so nice of her. And then she gave me two bags of Cheetos. Oh. Am I the king or what? You are. <laughs> I've hit the big leagues. Here we go. Charles Schultz, you know, from Peanuts. Peanuts. Mm-hmm. All you need is love, my friends. But a little chocolate now and then doesn't hurt. I agree. That's All you mine. need is love. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we'll be delving into the topic of personal worth. Do you feel you are worth something? And what happens when somebody tells you you're not at all worth anything? We'll be talking about that tomorrow on the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. See you then.